flying out into the darkness to fight ghosts. What do you mean? They all die fighting Spider-Man. It's their fate. I'm sorry, kid. Yeah, me too. Don't. Look, there has to be another way. There isn't. They're a danger to our universe. You're not gonna take this away from me. Peter. You're struggling. Everything you want while the world tries to make you choose. This is all my fault. I can't save everyone. Welcome back to the one and only. Minorities Report Film Podcast, the review edition, and this is your colorful perspective. And to Spider-Man, no way home. The biggest film of the year. Your fair minorities are back. We're here and reporting for duty. My name is Raul. And here with me, I got Mr. Moshama. Hello, everyone. Also got that dude, Colby Mack. Spider Cobes, Spider Cobes, radioactive black and Spider Cobes. You're radioactive and black? You're welcome. I think it's fair to say that we are super excited to get into this one. Before we do, hey, make sure you guys check us out on all the socials. That's mreportpod on Twitter, on Instagram. Also, check out the site, mreportpod.com. Colby Max written reviews up there. And uh, spoiler alert, he, I mean, you already know he loves this movie. He said it redeems Phase 4 for him. Um, if you've heard his thoughts in the past, he has had a lot of issues with Phase 4. Um, so go check it out. mreportpod.com at No Way Home Review, as well as other reviews on there. So check it out. The first up and only on the report today is our quick non-spoiler general thoughts, followed by a spoiler-filled conversation of Spider-Man No Way Home. All right, guys. So this is Luis from Ant-Man. Yo, so like Peter Parker, right? Um, he's got he's to face a new reality where his identity is revealed to the world after his fight with Mysterio. In Spider-Man Far From Home, you know, the movie that Kobe doesn't like. So yeah, so check this out, right? So some, you know, some say that he's a hero, but like to others, like he's a menace. So um, this dejected Peter, desperate to undo the chaos in his life, he pays a visit to Doctor Strange with the hopes of, you know, making the world forget his true identity because, you know, he's Spider-Man, right? But after the spell goes horribly wrong, Visitors from across the, the multiverse, right? Like so many of them, the multiverse, right? Who knows who Spider-Man's secret identity is? They come to our world seeking retribution. Thank you, Luis, for stopping by. This film is written by Chris McKenna and Eric Summers, directed by John Watts, starring Tom Holland, Zendaya, Benedict Cumberbatch, Jacob Batalon, John Favreau, Willem Dafoe, Jamie Foxx, Alfred Molina. J.K. Simmons, Reese Ephens, Thomas Hayden Church, Benedict Wong, and the goddess, Marisa Tomei, plus some other folks. Marisa, I didn't know she was Hispanic. <laughs> Me neither. Uh, Shama, can you walk us through the uh, release dates of this one? Yeah, sure. In April 2020... Uh, shortly after the pandemic started and the whole like world, the whole universe, one of the multiverses, started to shut down, Sony decided to reschedule the release of the movie to November 5th of 2020 because the initial events of the movie was supposed to happen after the um, uh, events of the Multiverse of Madness 
the Doctor Strange new movie. And then when Sony decided to release to push the Multiverse of Madness to March of 2022, that's the initial release before it was repushed again to May of 2022. So Sony decided to push the movie to November 5th of 2021. Then after they started production, they kept the movie entirely um, for for this November release. Then during like during April of this year, when they started like wrapping up like the the, the initial plot and filming, they decided to push the movie to the week before Christmas of twenty twenty one, which is December seventeenth of this year. That's where we started watching the movie. So. Honestly, the movie got like two, only two pushes, like because it didn't start filming before the pandemic, started after the pandemic, and the story had to be entirely changed to to adhere to what happens in the Multiverse of Madness that will happen after the events of this movie. So, Multiverse of Madness. I, I, there's one thing that sticks in my mind. Did it, did it, is it done shooting? It was done shooting, and then they started like reshooting, and they they are filming almost thirty two minutes of the film. Um, like they are saying that they are reshooting, but I think they are adding lots of changes. Precisely, because like there's something interesting you just said. You just said that this film was supposed to be set after Multiverse of Madness, but right now they're making it like this contributes to the reason why Multiverse of Madness happens. It's, that's how I understood it. Anybody else? I feel like that's how we walked into this film. I, I definitely, I definitely went in knowing that there was going to be some shuffling with that, which right. I don't know whether to credit or like discredit this entire thing. Like, this is this happened? Was this like a lucky coincidence that they were able to work? Because it is hard to massage a film that can be so far in. So it either like can credit to like the formula that the MCU uses. This feels a bit different because there's so many moving pieces that are very dependent upon a lot of other things happening. Um, but I guess just enough this is able to be moved around to where you can literally put a title that was supposed to come out beforehand, plus all the other stuff that's supposed to happen in the MCU prior that got shipped around before COVID. You know what I'm saying? Like Especially with the Disney Plus stuff. That's really, really interesting the way that they were able to make this work. Yeah. Like, no spoilers, but like... You know, there is stuff that happens in this film that I do have some issues with. I would have way more issues with these things if it, if this has come out after Multiverse of Madness. So no, I, it does I, not make sense for this movie to come. Like that's why, like the entire movie plot was changed because, like the whole the movie had an idea, and Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness had another idea with Scott Derrickson, and then when Scott Derrickson like had these these conflicts with Kevin Feige, and they decided like to change the, in, the story entirely and bring probably, Sam Probably Rainey the worst in. decisions Kevin Feige has ever made. But continue. We, we cannot like judge till we see the movie and we see how it's going on. Like While I agree with you, because I love Scott Dirksen and I love and I, I'm so concerned. While I love Sam Raimi, but like, definitely I love Scott Dirksen more. And the idea of having what was supposed to happen, like that it's more of a of a dark mystery horror thing in the in Doctor Strange. That was what I was looking for. But we cannot say anything till till it ends. Especially that like with the reshooting now, and I feel like that Sam Raimi is improvising on 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 like on set a lot lately from the rumors that are that that's happening. So but definitely, from what we have seen in this movie, we, we we are dealing with the consequences of this movie in the next one, and that that that's why everything will fit during this 
and uh, especially like what we have seen in one division makes perfect sense from what we have seen here what that we're gonna say in the spoiler and um seeing everything else and and also in the last episode of loki like i i'm in love now more with phase four after this like so far like one division is my top favorite uh, disney plus mcu show and then hawkeye hawkeye is like amazing mesmerizing like one of the best shows that I've seen in my life. Like, honestly, I enjoy watching every second of it. And, um, but like, to go back to this, like, um, I agree that like this movie, and I love what's happening, that it's coming out before Multiverse of Madness because we, we, we will see like the madness that's happening in there because of what happened here. Colby, quick question. Do you love Sam Raimi? I, I mean, he's, he's all right. You know, like he hasn't impressed upon me like, you know, like, oh, snap, this is one of my favorite directors. I respect him, you know. I respect him for being at the helm of, you know, the the silver age of superhero films and what he did with Spider-Man 1 and Spider-Man 2. Um, I like his horror stuff as well. I'm, I can't say, like, oh, yo, oh, my God, I'm so excited. Like, it's, you know, it sucks that, you know, Scott Derrickson left, but I'm glad that Sam Raimi's, like, taking the helm. Like, yo, he's an older guy, too. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's, you know. I, I can't think of a single film of Sam Raimi's I can say I love. Um, I mean, I, I love Drag Me to Hell. Oh, I, I detest Drag Me to Hell. Detest. All right, let's get into non-spoiler <laughs> general thoughts. Kobe Mack, I'll start with you. So, listen, guys. Like, keep in mind, I'm judging this movie based off of the bar that was last set, which was Spider-Man Far From Home. You know that little movie that came out right after Avengers Endgame, which was the greatest feat? Hold on. Real quick. The last bar that was set was was Eternals. Then it was Shang-Chi. No, no, no. Then it was Black Widow. Incorrect. I I mean, if we... What bar? What bar? If you want to do that, the bar is low, all right? The bar was low (laughs) in Far From Home. Okay. What came after Far From Home, right? Like, like, no, shoot. I'm really trying to remember. What came after Far From Home? Black Widow. Yo, that was 2019. Oh my gosh, was it really Black Widow? Yeah, oh we gosh. had no, we had no Marvel movies in 2020 for the first okay, time. Yeah. So literally, in a long so time. you have the bar set super duper low after it tried to d- diminish the emotional well of like greatness that was Avengers Endgame, right? And then you get Black Widow, which takes and does not push the story forward, and then we get Shang Chi, which is a standalone film that does very little to kind of expand the universe, right? And then you have Eternals, which tries to, I don't even know what it really tries to do. Okay? So Eternals is the base for greatness. The base, whatever, bro. It's the, I'm sorry. It's like the base that like, you will Eternals understand when it- Eternals feels so like, inconsequential to this entire thing. It is, because it's like it's sometimes you have a connecting piece Damn it, Sean. No, now you're messing up for me, because I got to be honest with you, bro. I didn't even think about Eternals to this very question. Okay, the high that I was riding on this movie, I completely forgot Eternals existed, son. So now I'm trying to figure out why, where, where are the Eternals right now? The ones that didn't get, oh my gosh, it's messed, oh Lord. Yo, I, I legit, oh my, I, I swear, I did not even consider that damn movie existing. Because now, in my head, I'm trying to figure out where does that, where are these people right now? This is the exact reason why when you choose to have an interconnected universe, all I right, know. It's you got to play by the it's, big rule. Damn yeah, it. It's, t- it's, it's tough because, oh, all right, relax. Hold on, hold on. 
Oh my gosh, Kobe <sighs> Mac. Then they call 911. Yo, I swear, Listen, I yo, I legit <laughs> forgot about that until just now. There is something, there is something about like so Shama, Eternals, modern day Eternals, not not Babylon Eternals, modern day Eternals. Are they before No Way Home or after No Way Home? That's a great question. <laughs> yo, that movie's so awful, bro. <laughs> Uh, I swear, I want to drop the rating even lower. It makes no sense. No, 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 that multiversal reasons would you say it's a multiverse? Uh, I believe reasons? so. It's it, we will not say like it's a multiverse reasons, but like I, it might be. Why? Because far from home is I mean no way home, no way home is no Eternals is happening at the times of far from home, so it's happening long way before no way home. <laughs> because we are saying it like it just happened what? eight months. Yeah, it's it, problematic. They, they said because... it happened eight months after Endgame, and that was the same. We we know that like Far From Home is happening six months in the school year after Endgame. Right, it's like six months after. Right. Yeah. So so where are the Eternals now in No Way now, Home? So here's here's my thing. Here's my thing. Okay. Especially like he, oh, here's my like, thing. no no no, they are up there. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Not all of them are up there. Listen, though. listen, listen. So no, they're all up there except for except for Sprite, who is not is not eternal anymore. Is a kid. He's human. Right. Okay. So no, but oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Do I have to rewatch this damn movie? This is this is very strange. This is this is guys, trust us, this is all non-spoilers because we're very respectful about the spoiler rule. But if this happened before No Way Home, the problem is not where are the Eternals? The problem is did Doctor Strange or Spider-Man not see the giant head in the, in the clouds <laughs> that everybody else in London saw? Like, that's problematic. Like, do, are they not aware that there were six eyes staring down onto Earth and people got sucked up into space? Like, I would be panicking that now somebody worse than Thanos is on his way here. Nah, I mean, apparently... See, this is the hardest part, is trying not to let the things that came before this film truly affect the way that I'm appreciating this film. Because right. there's things that are happening inside of this film that now I've got to recontextualize because they're all <laughs> interconnected. Like, this yes. is one long, like, uh, I'm going to try now my here's, best. Here's, here's what I'm sure somebody is saying. Somebody's saying, well, might, that might not have been our multiverse. I mean, our universe. That might no, be no, one no, of no. the other It's all ours. It's ours. We it's got ours? this confirmed. Yes, this, this got, we got this Ooh. confirmed. So Eternals and is ours, too. It's ours too. And so, so okay. Oof. No Way Home is happening the next, immediately the same day, like Far From Home. Okay? Because like we ended Far From Home in the Times Square while like he's... Uh, um, right, right, ending, right, And he heard like J.K. Simmons saying like uh, revealing his identity. So it happens immediately. So, so Eternals... The, Eternals happens after then. It, Eternals, no. Eternals happened at the same time during... Far from home, but they both were in London. But you like said when, exactly. When, <laughs> yeah, they're both, both in, in London. 
Yo, no, no, it was literally, a lineman. No, like, there things, is a, a moon-sized hand sticking up out of the ocean. Because I, I know about confirmation about something. That Hawkeye is happening in Christmas after No Way Home. That's why, like, while at the same while the same minute that No Way Home ended, when we without spoiler, when we see when we see the snow and the Christmas time over there, that's the same week, the same day sure, that sure, Hawkeye sure, will sure, end sure, sure, on the last sure. episode. Because <sighs> we got revealed like at the, one of the cameos at the beginning, and we saw like one of the cameos that will appear in the next episode, the last episode of Hawkeye, like will be the same oh, character gosh. related to each other. Okay, that, so and it's the same week, but it my head hurts. While at this moment, that what we see in Far From Home, it ha so Far From Home is happening during the span of um, the last the uh, before summer of twenty twenty five, and right. ends in winter of twenty twenty five, right? Oh, no. God, I, I, for, I keep forgetting that we're like no four years into the future. Yo, we need a reset, son. I'm so I'm like this is Listen, now. Bro. Yo, yo, I mean, we've been recording for almost a half an hour. Yes, yes, we yes, haven't yes. even gotten to the review yet, bro. There's so much groundwork that we're missing. This have never <laughs> happened in the entire universe, like that we have that we have series of movies that are interconnected in that way. Even that's why in the comics, sometimes like they just like get out and like have another multiverse that like they are playing within. But we are confirmed that like everything we are watching now are connected and that's why like one of the things that like in the spoiler also for this movie that like in an in some other universe they are not aware of certain other superheroes like that like Jeez. they are not aware of them but here we are all in the same universe my question okay. is does anybody remember at the end of eternals was it summer or winter i i don't know bro it doesn't even matter Kingdom matters. Left. I think I think it was fight. I think I think it was winter because I remember Sprite wearing a coat when they're putting her in the car to go to private school. And she's going to school. Yes. Okay, so she's going to school. So she in fact is going to school along the same time as where kids in New York would be going to school. I got to be honest with you. I don't know. I, I I came into this podcast feeling one particular way about Spider-Man No Way Home. <laughs> I feel like because of this movie that I completely forgot about. It has to change how I feel about Spider-Man No Way Home. Is it fair? No. But like, what am I supposed to do? I am so I, conflicted right now. Don't be conflicted. Okay? Why? Because the story never ended and it will never end. We are still like experiencing things without throughout time. We have seen things in 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 one division that we did not understand or we understood it in a certain way. And then when things are changing and getting revealed in next shows or next movies, we are saying, "Oh, that makes sense." I think there's still there's still some issue, right? I there. It's just so hard to keep track of everything, and it's so hard when one doesn't acknowledge the other. I think it's one of the biggest issues. Um, but I, I want to get—I want to try to reel us back into into general thoughts. Kobe Mac, judging this on its own merit, I understand you have its own issues, right? That may affect your score, may affect whatever. Judging this outside of the entire universe. How does this film stand on its own merit? Oh, No Way Home exceeds every expectation I never imagined it could. And I think possibly, 
possibly. <laughs> and the pretext of this conversation, they had me change it. But honestly, <laughs> I think that this could be the greatest comic book movie of all time. Whoa. And I, I know, I know, I know. I'm not big into hyperbole. And I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment. But this film does things like what Avengers Endgame did. Where? In one of like my greatest written reviews, yo, I went back and read that entire review. I can't even call it a review. This article, it was like 2,000 plus words. Like I wrote a dissertation on Avengers Endgame. And the biggest takeaway that I had from that film was how can a film be the best in a franchise and also the best in each of the individual mini franchises building up to it all at the same time? And don't get me wrong, once again, not thinking about Black Widow, Shang-Chi, or Eternals. Knowing the bar that was last set in the Spider-Man franchise, there's no love lost between Far From Home and me, okay? That film felt inconsequential to me. It felt like it was diminishing something so great from Avengers Endgame. But No Way Home completely recontextualizes the entire narrative. Now, I can't say that the CG in this film is as impressive as the work that's done in Endgame, but it's still good. The action in this movie is probably some of the best in the entire MCU. Like, we get epic fight. I grew up as a kid playing with action figures and reading comics and watching cartoons. I want to see good guys beat up bad guys, and I want them to do it in extraordinary ways. This is some of the coolest ways that we've been able to visually see the power set that Spider-Man has. And now we have the technical capabilities to be able to have it play out on screen in a truly fantastical way. I've seen fights that like I don't I did not think that were able to happen, you know, because I feel like, you know, some storytellers get like super duper like lazy, like, oh, we'll just kind of shoot some stuff. Like you kind of get it. No, no, no. I want to see like I really want to see it. I want them to go toe to toe, busting through these dudes got superpowers. Show your superpowers. And still, even when we get that great action, this amazing camera work with the stunt choreography, we get some fantastic dramatic camera work that is some of the best I've ever seen in any movie. Particularly, there's a close-up shot that's on a rooftop in this film, in the rain, where Peter Parker is contending with the aftermath of a great loss that he suffered, and it's intercut against the silhouette of him in front of a huge billboard. It's going to go down as one of the most memorable scenes, in my opinion, in Spider-Man, close to what that Peter and MJ kiss was from the Sam Raimi original. Like, the beauty of this movie is that it's the full like exploration of like power and responsibility, which is the core to what makes Spider-Man tick. And our Peter, he's just a kid who's just trying to understand this world and where he fits in it. I love the characterization of him, of his love, and the love story between he and MJ. Yo, Zendaya is fantastic, bro. She is on one. I, both these guys are on one. But I love how this love story doesn't have that same teen angst that you get from other films. It's mm. super mature. It's like hella sweet. And the dramatic work, like I got to be honest with you, I'm watching these two play off each other. Their chemistry is fantastic. Now, I don't know if they were in a relationship, you know, I, I guess, I don't know if it's confirmed or not. I, I believe they're in a relationship now, but like it looks so real and nobody wanted to buy it when we first watched Spider-Man uh, Homecoming, right? I did. Like, I did want to buy it. I mean, I wanted to buy it, you know what I'm saying? But, like, nobody was really giving it a chance because they were so caught up on, like, the race switching and whatever, right? But, like, this is so good that they weren't, like, all over each other. Like, they were really holding themselves back by making this, like, too much of a love story because there's so many other things that are at work. I find that this screenplay is complex but also simple at the same time. 
I think that it does things to the story and it's particularly to our villains, which gives them their own individual moments to understand what makes them a villain. This particular film is very meta. It pokes fun of itself. It has a particular leash that allows you to do things that not very many other films get a chance to do. But because of the uniqueness of where we are with how we tell the story, with how the story came to be, it's operating on a level that like really only Avengers Endgame was able to operate at to where I'm truly considering having it bump up to past Avengers Endgame. I had no idea that that would have happened. Shama. I believe after all these discussions we had like about like the movie. I know and they kind the, of fit. <laughs> yeah, because like they, they perfectly put every every thought we had in mind and uh, we cannot like surpass what like Colby put together, you know, because like the 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 next would be just like initial or personal interaction with everything in the film. I believe that the movie was um had more thought into it more than far from home. Um, they had like ideas of, of where to trigger and what to diminish and what to pay attention to, especially bringing all uh, these great villains that we spoke about like earlier, like that are not spoiler anymore because they have been announced in the cast and I've seen in the trailers. Um, especially like one of the strongest performances that I've seen in a superhero movie for like Willem Dafoe's character. Um, I still feel that the movie is mainly fan-based or um, like crowd-pleasing to certain things. Like it sounds and looked and as like as an end of franchise and they succeeded in doing that despite the confirmation before the release of the movie that they are still working on another trilogy, but it will be in a different way, in a different tone, in a different uh, interaction that will fit with the ending of this movie that we did not spoil yet. Um, My personal reaction to the film, I'm just like, at some point when you're just like eating too much sweets, you just like get nauseous. So I had this, this feeling in, at the end of the movie, just like, is it this too much? Like too much um, pressing and bringing up all these nostalgic things. While I love nostalgia and I love like uh, to pay tribute to things that happened in our lives and happened in the movies. But at a certain point, I said like, okay, it's like it's good here. This is like too much, and I understand like some of the jokes, some of the humor, some of the fun that were added in were really crowd cheering, and uh, I enjoyed them. But my overall thought of the movie, um, I definitely, definitely not compared to Infinity War or Endgame. Uh, yeah, it's emotional. It triggers certain emotions and feelings. Um, some scenes were really like heart shaking, including like one of the greatest uh, traumatic sequence in the MCU as well, especially like when you have certain connection to a certain character that we will reveal later in the spoiler section. But overall, they succeeded in in bringing this up and in bringing something during the pandemic and post the pandemic that made people go back to the movies playing on this great trailer that changed what the people were waiting for. And after seeing the movie, yes, they succeeded in putting this. Seeing lots of audience watching the movie and the conversations people have after the movie, 
proves that they they did the right thing about this. Did it fit for everyone? It did not. Did it fit for the majority of the fans? It did. I want to get into the spoiler section, so I'm, I'm going to keep my thoughts brief. Um, I I agree with a lot of what both of you said. Um, Colby, super meta. Um, there was a point where I, I mean, I, I was expecting a Deadpool to pop in and, and, and make an appearance. Um, <clears throat> I think that there's something, there's so much this film does right. And there's 100% way more good than not. Um, I, I, I can't say that I, I got a tummy ache the way that Shama got a tummy ache apparently, but, uh, but, uh, you know, there, there's definitely a lot of fan pleasing, um, that in all honesty, this film did better than any other film that has tried to do the same thing has, has ever done. Um, it, the way that it tries to please the fans, the way that it tries to integrate all this nostalgia, um, from, from the past, uh, is, is definitely much more well thought out. And the way that it's all brought together makes a whole lot more sense than we have seen in previous examples. Um, that being said, it's not perfect. It's very good. Um, I think the character moments are also very good. Um, I think that the the plot has issues in particular at first. I think that the way that everything comes together, and we'll get into this in the spoiler section, I think the way this it comes together feels a bit too convenient, and it actually breaks what I know of characters in the MCU. It goes against what they have shown me their character is, and so, though I love what, for the most part, this film did, I do think that there are moments in the plot that were written to service the narrative and to service where the filmmakers wanted the narrative to go and not so much to service the greater narrative of the MCU and the characters that they have created. That being said, the film looks excellent. The characters are awesome. Um... You're right, Zendaya and Tom Holland. They're so good together. Um, they have the potential of getting up to the best couple in the Spider-Man universe, in all the Spider-Man universes, but they're not. But still, they're incredible. I love seeing them. I hate the haters. Forget about them. Us minorities, we're not complaining about the, 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 the race swap there. Um, overall, I, I do love this film a lot. Um, I will say I'm very disappointed in the ending. Definitely worth a watch, though. But yeah, that is it. I can feel that Kobe Mac is getting a, a little uh, anxious over there wanting to get into the spoiler section and start uh, this uh, heated conversation. So that's it. Uh, we're going to get into the spoiler section moving forward. If you have not seen this film 100%, you need to stop us here. Go watch it. It's a ball. Um, you are going to feel many emotions, especially if you're a fan of the MCU, um, everything Marvel years past. So stop us here. Go watch it. Enjoy it. And then come back and listen to our spoiler conversation of Spider-Man No Way Home. So last warning, 
Spoilers ahead. With great spoilers comes great responsibility. So getting into this nostalgia thing, I, I wanted to... You say it like it's such a dirty word. Nostalgia? Yeah. I think that when when you are trying to build a narrative around servicing fans, uh-huh. you innately are not servicing the narrative. I think that to me, narrative is king. True. To but me, if you, earned, if you service the narrative, then you will service the fans. But when it's earned, that's something different. And, and that's the, entire, the problem. But the thing is, the entire narrative is built off of the core of what Spider-Man is. This movie, like I said, is operating in multiple fronts. That it is a movie. It is Peter, our Tom Holland Peter, his singular story. But what makes his story so special is that like, he's not doing this alone. And he himself realizes that all the things that he's experiencing... He, it's it's not something that like this is unique to him. That when we end up being introduced, and we yo, let me tell you something. This is truly like top five cinematic like movie going experiences ever. I will never forget. And it's weird because like I didn't think that I would get like as elated, but the crowd response to the introduction of Andrew Garfield's Spider Man and Tobey oh, yeah. Maguire's Spider Man to this movie. Is infectious. I, I I would love to see somebody just sitting deadpan like I don't know. That is special. So it's nostalgic because we've journeyed with these particular heroes for the past twenty years, and that's something that's really unique to this narrative process. And it's meta because we're aware of it, but it's still essential to the story because our Peter is learning from them. I think I agree with you that like this point makes me want to watch it with the general public with a with a sold out show, which is like yeah. plenty of them every day everywhere. Right. Our experience like it was uh, it was like only five or six of us like watching a private theater rental like to have it like with our families. While I was like applauding and like cheering like about certain things, uh, when like especially when seeing like these characters, but like. I remember like how Infinity War and Endgame with the general public was like, oh sure. my gosh, you know, like my heart was pounding with people clapping their hands and applauding and jumping and screaming and yelling. It's like a football game. So, yes, I feel like I agree with you that I feel like we missed that. But is, here's my question. I'll ask it to Shama first because I know what your answer is, Colby. Shama. Is this narrative that is built around not just multiverses, but bringing in past iterations of these characters, is that what is best for this narrative? No, it's not. And that's what makes me feel that like, that's my main concern with the movie, that I feel like the lack of creativity made us appreciate and respect another kind of creativity. It is creative. It has never been done before. And that's what like made the movie unique and made the experience different. But I did not expect our main villain to be a main villain from a different from another movie. You know, like I, I appreciated them sure. as side villains, you know? Like I I while I loved William Defoe's performance that like I want to have a Green Goblins movie. You know, like one for for him, like to have like it was amazing. 
But um, I, I just liked the Max uh, Electro's character. Like I don't know what 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 was wrong with the, with uh, Jamie Foxx. Wait, like, did did you did you dislike him playing. from did you dislike him from the old one or this one? Actually, like from him, this one, I, I liked him from the old one. Like from the old one, a little bit better. Like I being blue. Was something, but like here, I just like feel that like he's just like oh, I'm here. I'm Yo, just, like, I gotta be honest with you. The the logic, like okay, there's some suspension of disbelief to the amount of logic into like, and it's weird. I feel like this movie is very much aware that like it's kind of corny and dumb how this man apparates out of nothing, right, and becomes cooler than what he was than when we last last left him, and he makes yeah. fun of it. I don't know why my hair is back. I don't know why I'm not blue. I think they like. I think they kind of even pointed this. I don't know why. Yeah. I like this world better. I like the like. It's like, hey, I like the fact that we're gonna retcon this character because he was so bad in this other movie. We're fully like, I think we're just we are in a place where meta storytelling is much more acceptable than what it ever would have been twenty years ago. Yeah, and at this point, like with with the Jerry Fox character, one of the conditions for him to come back, he said, "I will come back, but I will not be blue." So when when and that's why like they had to as you said it in the sh- in the movie itself to validate it and to point to it you know like okay you will take this so you're not blue you know like you're changing like from this why does he have hair why it's not the same personality that like we have seen in the previous one and that's why like it was definitely between Alfred Molina's like great performance and uh, William Dafoe's outstanding performance it was like so weak. Yeah, I agree. Um, but here, real quick, so let's get how we get here, okay? So let's move away from this. How we get here, okay? Doctor Strange, a.k.a. Steven. That's a little bit weird. Um, he, you know, Spider-Man goes to him. Peter Parker goes to him and says, Hey, I need you to do this spell to make people forget that Spider-Man is Peter Parker. I mean, and we understand why, right? Why Spider-Man requests this? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We don't. I don't understand why Doctor Strange, aka Stephen, complies to doing this. It does not make sense with his past self. Wait. Okay. Why doesn't it make sense with his past self? I'm. I'm curious. Because his past self would like. Do you remember that he refused? Like he he, he refused to let to do anything about. The time stone to let it out of True. his sight. Gotcha. Until he himself uh-huh. traveled through time mm-hmm. to realize that it was the only option. Yeah. Correct. Fourteen million six hundred and. And that's why we're not doing time right? travel in this movie. Okay. No, no. It's not about time travel. It is about. He doesn't the have the stone anymore, anyways. So he cannot. It, it is about. It is about the fact that he would not do an incre- incredibly dangerous spell. Mm-hmm. Just to help this kid with his personal issues. Okay, he, and like the way he reacts at first, where he's just like, "Listen, man, life sucks," and like what you're requesting is kind of selfish. And no, we're not going to do this. Yeah, but he also and, recognizes that like we did it before. Okay, hold on. You know that Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> yes, that's he did right. it before. Benedict Cumberbatch refused, and he said he will not do the character because he believes that like this is not the personality of Doctor Strange, and that's why like they explained this situation entirely with Wong when they when they brought that spell, and he told him, "Do you remember about what happened here?" 
So that's why we used it again here because Doctor Strange, Benedict Cumberbatch, believed that like this is not the personality of Doctor Strange because he was always doesn't want to yes. alter reality. Yes, and that's alter just time, uh, like, and that's why like they tried to convince him this way with this thought, with this idea that it's a very very tiny mini spell Common that he thing. can use. Yeah, sure. Yes, which is so which with, does not make sense. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense because how easily it goes wrong. It does not make sense, um, and it, it just it it's it is basically what you're telling me is that Benedict Cumberbatch can be manipulated by a clever writer. I don't wait a clever no 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 because to you it seems written, but like one we know that it like what makes, what makes what makes he's arrogant, bro. He does like he is so advanced in the way that he does things that he does it for selfish gain. That's why he's gonna have to contend. But that is no no. But this is why he's gonna have to contend with his own actions in Multiverse of Madness. This no, is to his that character. is exactly what he learned in Doctor Strange is that he was selfish and he needed to stop being selfish and think of the entire universe. And that is what he does. And in this, he goes back to being selfish and he decides, no, I can definitely do that. And it goes against the character that he becomes in Doctor Strange, the character we see him be in the Avengers Infinity War and Endgame. Like it is it is a problematic plot point that is written so that this narrative can occur. Oh, but that's okay. If you want to apply that, you can do it to almost anything. You can do that. have Have you seen what if? Yes, absolutely. Have you have you seen that episode of Doctor Strange? Absolutely. If yes, does this personality fits with this personality? It most certainly does. That's exactly the reason why at the end of this movie, in the second, in in in, in the literally post credit scene, which is the teaser for Multi Strange Matters, we get the character from What If, and for what exactly? Movie. That's what I'm saying. It, because we, we know for a fact from what that if. this man he is arrogant. He because this he takes fits his lust to be able. Yes. The silliness of, of what how he agreed to this, yeah, it's partially him, but the the way they simplified the strength of that spell that no, he agrees on it, I, it just needed the more. Spell was, but but the thing, but the spell was supposed to be very small. Alteration of the spell can occur. He knows better because he is the he wisest knows. wizard of all time. As the ancient so why one so said no, no, but this thing, but why is he not the sorcerer supreme? He is the Why? Sorcerer Supreme because of that. Because no, he's like, not the Sorcerer Supreme. He's not the Sorcerer, Sorcerer Supreme. Supreme. Correct, because he wasn't here. And you, he can't exactly. just pass that title back on to him. He has to die now as a Sorcerer yes. Supreme. Which yeah, is know. a silly thing. But he is supposed to be the Sorcerer Supreme. Alright, so we have discussed this point. Next point I want to talk about. Characters from the multiverse. We've already addressed the villains. Uh, yes, I love seeing that from Molina as Doc Ock. Um, Willem Dafoe, awesome. I I agree on the point of Jamie Foxx feeling a bit phoned in, if I can if I can say that. Um, but I love that line, like when he when he, yo the the, the the dialogue in this is really really cute and clever, like and really funny. He's I thought I just thought you were gonna be black, like when he's talking to uh, <laughs> when he's talking to Spider Man. He's like you know you know this is, uh, the fact he's like you know you know you're out there you live in Queens and you helping poor people. I just I thought you were yeah. gonna be black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the fact that he even references to like to Miles Morales coming into the MCU somehow, like yo, there's gotta be yeah, a black yeah. Spider Man out there. That's somewhere. cute. Like, I, yeah, yeah, I, love I like that. that. Was just, I thought that was good. I, mean, I thought that was good. And like here's the thing, it's like it's it's like that stuff. The way it's it's brought into the, and in other films, it definitely feels much more crammed, and like it makes it like it, it's it. They do not 
sand it into the narrative <laughs> as well as they do in this one. This one, they definitely finesse it a bit more. Yes. And it all flows much better than, like I said earlier, like that we've ever seen any film trying to do something like this. Mm-hmm. They have not done it this well. Um, you know, the dialogue works really well. The character moments, again, characters from the multiverse. I want to talk about the heroes now. Let's talk about the other two Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2 and 3. I am going to go ahead and list them. I know that they're listed differently in the film. I list them in order of greatness as far as Spider-Man is concerned. So, I'm going to say Peter 1. I'm going to give him the spot to Tom Holland because uh, this is his film. Peter 2 is going to go ahead and be Andrew Garfield. Oh, you mean Peter, Peter 3. 3. No, no. No, that's he Peter movie, 2. It's references Peter 3. Yeah, yeah. Nobody cares about that. I care about the fact that the worst Peter is definitely also the creepiest Peter, and that is Tobey Maguire's Peter. Why is uh, he creepy? He, Bro, have you watched these films recently? I just watched them yesterday. No, I haven't watched them in a very long time. Bro, he is so... He is a creep, bro. Me and Desiree <laughs> are sitting here. Oh, me my the, gosh. Yeah, let me tell you something. Uh, Sam Raimi, at least back in the early 2000s, his idea of what women found attractive is very disconcerting. <laughs> and... He was not creepy, bro. Like he, he's bro, creepy he is in this movie. Like when he doesn't have upper lip anymore. No, he in, is like, way. Movie, he is but, no, 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 no. In this one, he's not creepy at all. He's great. I actually really liked him in this one. Yeah, the but, way like, he, he is directed in the other one. This one. Yo, I loved him a lot. I liked him as a youth pastor. I actually <laughs> love the idea that he is actually a youth pastor and he's Spider Man. Yeah, that's uh, really good. I like that. Yeah. Uh, but no, listen. So anyway, Peter two. We got established Peter two. Andrew Garfield. Peter three is Tommy Wire. So, I love... I, actually, I do not love how they're brought into this. I'm not going to lie to you. Really? Yeah, I do not like this whole... Um, God, the, uh, what's the guy in the chair's name? Uh, Jacob Batalon. Oh, Ned. Yes, Ned. Thank you, not Jacob Batalon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ned, yo, Ned discovering that he can do the ring and he... Oh, bring me to Peter. And then we're just going to bring some random Peter... In well, and now, oh, it's this Shama, one. And it's like, but Shama, in oh, the comics, isn't Ned? He has like he. I think so. That's like more of like an Easter egg to like capabilities yeah, he has in we'll other, see other Ned universes. Afterwards. Yeah, Ned will be. No, that's not the, the. That's not the problem. But here, they're, they're, he, they were here on our Earth already. He just know, like opened. It the, is. It is. Uh, you're telling me that he is picturing Peter Parker, his Peter Parker. He's, and he's saying to Peter Parker. Remember, he's saying the no, name. Magic users. They, guys, they just got to say the guys, words. That's guys, the entirety of the spell. Guys, I understand that you accepted this, but it is written in a way that is for convenience, not no. for best narrative well, storytelling. That, that, means, that means that the movie can't work for you at all. Like, because the thing is, we have to the believe movie, that. If, if we, no, but we have to believe in the spell. If we're talking about like the, the, the silliness at the spell, just out of just like with genies and stuff like that, when he says erase everything from Peter Parker and then like you could be able to bring other things to other universes, there's no reason why the spell should only have been limited to just this Earth. Why was it limited to like every Earth, like an infant, like like his power should not have been able to transcend, you know, you know the multiverse, but it does, right? So that's why in this one, it's the same logic. He's using a magical element to be able to channel that name, and he's getting a Peter Parker. Him not knowing, but he's picking up the wrong Peter Parker. In the past, in the past, in Doctor Strange, it's not about saying where you're where you're going. It is about visualizing where you're going. Yeah, he's, he himself isn't going anywhere. He's calling for somebody. Okay, he is visualizing. You're telling me that he's saying, 
bring me to Peter Parker and he's not visualizing his friend Peter Parker, if I say elephant to you, you're going to visualize an elephant in your mind. You're telling me that he is saying, bring me to Peter Parker and he's not thinking of his friend Peter Parker? And what's really I so bad he about said, this? He said, like, it's, it's Spider-Man in his mind. That's why we saw Andrew Garfield as this, wearing, wearing the suit. And we he visualized like Peter Parker, so he just like brought any Peter Parker. I I I I understand your point, and I agree. It's silly. Like, it's I silly accepted and it's it written. this way, you know. Sure, it's silly and it's written. It is imperfect, is what I'm trying to get at. I, that's why I, I said like I, I, using I absolutely lack of creativity to create to have more creativity. Lack of creativity. About it is lack. So thank you. What would a better is. better way to get them there? I think they just are about seeking, anything else. They are seeking like the the villains. And we see one of the villains attacking their place. Then they go inside. Yeah. What? You're not Spider-Man. Oh, exactly. Like, that's it. That was like a, a very like f- smooth way of just like and 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 logic, but like like literally, yeah. there's a fight happening, and Ned starts calling to Peter. Da, 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 and Peter comes over. Like anything, any any other way other than Ned summoning them through <laughs> through wizard portals or sorcerer portals, whatever it may be. Um, but no, overall though. I think I love seeing Andrew Garfield. I about lost it. Uh, Tobey Maguire. Eh. I, I, I mean, I understand why he's here. <laughs> and I liked him as a youth pastor. You sound like such a grouch. Get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> so I've spent you the last You know, because co- of this, Andrew Garfield's great performance in this. They are really reconsidering bringing him back. They absolutely should. In the Sony universe, like with Venom and with Morbius, and um, which is like, this will be something which I will love. I would love to see like Andrew Garfield because he's amazing performer. He is amazing. He's amazing. Listen, Academy Award nominated Andrew Mm -hmm. Garfield. They absolutely should. Now let's 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 talk about love stories. The Andrew Garfield Spider Man's, aka the Amazing Spider Man films, have hands down. The most incredible love story of the Spider-Man films. Peter Parker, Gwen Stacy were just perfect. Mark Webb brought them together perfectly. They're perfectly directed. Both play these characters to excellence. And it is one of the most... Her death is one of the most scarring events in all of Marvel. It supersedes for me Tony Stark's death. Not in, in, not in weight of like the entire universe. I understand that the whole Tony Stark, that's incredible. It is just the impact, the shock, the awe, the moment in which she dies. Like we see Tony Stark and it is a sacrifice and he gives himself up to save the greater. Da, 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 da. That's his thing. Gwen Stacy, her death. I just watched it right before we recorded. Is so shocking to this moment. I still jump when she's when she dies. I agree. Emma Stone's performance Incredible. added so much to this. Like, yeah, yeah, both of them they were in a relationship at that time. Both Academy nominated the actors. Wow. They are strong, strong, everything, strong cast for this. Everything villain in that film, which unfortunately is the A story, is so caca, right? It's so trash. But like the B story. It's so caca. It's 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 like electro. I will say this: horrible. if you want to talk about like convenience, the convenience that they just like left out Dane DeHaan's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great Goblin because he definitely knows who Peter Parker is. <laughs> yeah, wasn't bringing that also, guy back. 
is also <laughs> I, I that's like I hated Electro and I hated Jimmy Fox and the Amazing Spider-Man too. I hated Dane DeHaan possibly even more. I just hate what they did with Electro's character. I didn't hate Jamie Foxx, um, but oh, so problematic. But, yo, let's jump into the love story in this one, which could possibly be, could possibly take a great position as far as love stories are concerned. And when I talk about that the end of this movie ru- is ruined for me, guys, why do they always do this? Why does Spider-Man have to sacrifice love why is this a thing yo t- did anybody else freak out thinking that ned was about to kiss yes. Zendaya? oh yeah yeah, yeah. Bro, no, I, I, I did because oh, I was as a writer I old, I said, like oh my gosh oh my gosh like this is not happening please no. do not i don't want to see ned kissing kissing so her, no. there's so many conventions of writing where like literally the, the 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 writer clock in me says okay yeah like they have to fall in love like like that's like that's now his he's got to deal with that but I love the fact that it, it went away from that. It subverted yeah. my expectation because every writer inclination was he's going to kiss her and it's going to shatter him. But the fact that like, cause what that would have done was undercuts Peter's emotional journey that ultimately the reason why he wanted to change and have the spell like done in the first place is that he doesn't want the decisions that he makes to affect his friends. And he was reminded by the, you know, essentially the, the wound that MJ suffers by, Yo, as much as I know that she loves me and I love her, I can't stop being Spider-Man. At least not right now. I cannot jeopardize her health and safety to be with me. And as hard as it's going to be to make this decision, I cannot right now tell her about me. But will he ever be able to? Is he oh, ever going to stop will. being Spider-Man? No, he He's Spider-Man, but, bro. No, but that's what we. But see, that's what I love about this film so much is that this is quintessential. Like this film captures the essence of what Spider-Man is. I grew up with the Spider-Man comics and the Spider-Man animated TV series. What was so cool is that we were dealing with a Peter Parker, an older Peter Parker, who had to deal with concealing his identity, and also at the same time trying to lead a superhero life while trying to have it like both ways, right? And that's what made it so hard is that, you know, he is going on a date with Mary Jane Watson, but at the same time has to go beat up Scorpion and go beat up Rhino on the same, like, you know, like, you know, right before he could be able to go get some food or get changed or whatever. Like, that's what adds to the complexity of his story, right? Um, I think I think what's what's made it interesting is that the MCU's approach so far is that everybody knows everybody, right? It kind of takes away that element of like the like this human being put inside of a extra ordinary circumstance, right? It's very easy when everybody knows your secret, right? Because everybody knows your secret. But trying to balance both of that, it's going to be really interesting of where this Peter goes forward because of that choice. Precisely. It's very, it's going to be really interesting because no one knows who he is. Yeah, that's, no, that, he's, that's, that's wild, man. That, that's that's no suck. Like, he's alone in the world, bro. He is alone in the universe. He does not exist. He doesn't exist. Like, my man can't get a driver's license. And, and for the folks that are, like, a little confused, it's like, well, how was he able to get himself an apartment? Okay, listen, guys. Don't forget, <laughs> just because Peter Parker does not exist in this world, what wasn't taken away is the fact that he is going to, like, he has a genius-level intellect, okay? He should be getting yeah. to MIT, no problem. Yeah. He can hack a computer and be able to create, a, like, an, a, a yeah. fake idea or whatever to get himself, like, a crappy, you know, place to live in New York. But my dude now is, you know, 17, 18 years old and he's going to have to grow up real hard, you know, and but, he's got to do it alone, you know, but he's still going to be Spider-Man. 
I didn't I I didn't understand this I this point like I felt like like he told him nobody will ever remember you nobody will remember you so this means but like his records and his registers he was born he was there well like that's the weird thing no, that's that all gets thing. erased yeah no. because I because Wait, I when did you say that I know it's it's confusing Shama I here's don't think the problem at all here's the problem okay people forgot he is Peter Parker no, if Peter still, Parker does not exist. I know that's the uh, yes that's I think that is the phrasing he does because here's the thing he could have gone to go finish school they would have known he's a student at the school like he did not make them forget that Peter Parker is Spider-Man he made Peter Parker not exist correct because that's the only way to be able to keep that 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 association from Peter Parker and Spider-Man apart that Peter Parker could never exist Spider-Man exists Peter Parker doesn't okay here's I know this is a very confusing point. Here's my next point. Shama, there is there is supposedly three more, another trilogy of these Spider-Man Tom Holland films, which is kind of the whole point, right? Like they wanted a younger Spider-Man when Marvel took over to be able to do this for a very long time. So supposedly we're getting three more. Can we have more Spider-Man films without a love interest? Wait, what? Wait, without a love interest. Why does that matter? Hold on. I'm very confused on that part. Okay. Do so let me rephrase the question. Okay. Do we want another Spider-Man film without a love interest? I don't. I'm I'm okay with that. You know, Who is the love wait, interest? Wait, 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 I don't believe wait, 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 in love. So do we want I I, I think <laughs> I've I, I've confused myself. I think I don't want to be robbed of the very human experience that a person with yes. superhuman capabilities has to be able to navigate both love and responsibilities right. of power. Correct. I, I, we, we need both of those. So no, I do not want a Spider-Man without a love interest. Okay, and in so no then way, he, so then, understand so something, he, in no way we will not get a Spider-Man without a love interest. Okay, here's yeah, my Yeah, I don't question. think they will do it. Like, it's okay, not doable. here's my thing. Here's my thing. Yeah. Here's my thing. Will there be a new love interest? Or is he going to, like, f- like make... Uh, uh, MJ fall for him again. Which Peter are we talking about, bro? I'm. We're talking about Peter one. Peter, okay, the one Peter with one. The, the one, the one with the Peter tingle. Okay, so understand, right? And, and and this is based off of we want our Tom Holland, Peter Parker. He ultimately to satisfy the audience that is now going to grow up with him. At the end of this next trilogy, he must reunite with MJ. That is the correct writing thing to do. It, that has correct. to happen. So that there are they have a great what? chance to introduce Gwen. Like they oh, yeah. Gwen, Gwen like Gwen, die, yo, Peter Parker gets around. Him. All right, my dude, yo, Gwen Stacy. You know, um, 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 Felicia Hardy, um, Silver State. Like my, like he has love interests all throughout his story. You know, yeah. women that serve a, a a reason and a season in his life. But ultimately, his one true love is Mary Jane Watson, or, or in this instance. MJ, what's her name? MJ, whatever. Jones, <laughs> something, something Jones. Michelle yeah, Jones. Michelle, no. Michelle Jones, Johnson. something. Michelle, no, Jones. I think it's Jones. No, it's yeah, Jones. Michelle Jones. It's definitely, yeah, it's definitely Jones. Yeah. It's yeah. I, I, I did, I did watch it on cable. Yeah, cable that thing still exists. I was just watching uh, uh, Homecoming last night. <laughs> so, I, I, I have a hard time. Like I have falling so much for for these two as a couple, I'm having a hard time. I feel that that is exactly what's going to happen. I think what exactly what's going to happen is is they're going to bring in a different love interest that will fill that void for a time and perhaps remind him of what he actually wants. That doesn't mean I like it. I mean that's fair, but. 
Yeah. But ultimately, that, that's that's how the lessons are learned, right? I mean, because if you introduce and keep in mind, Sony for years been trying to get a black cat silver sable movie up off the ground. It was greenlit. Um, they were all like they were going like super like duper into in regards to casting, and then it just kind of fell apart, right? Um, I, I I truly believe that whenever Spider Man movie comes out, whoever's going to be that lead, right? Like there's intense talks about bringing you know uh, Andrew Garfield. Spider-Man 3 or Spider-Man 2, whatever, uh, bringing his Spider-Man back. Right now, Tom Holland has said, yo, he wants to take a break. My dude's 25 playing a teenager. He's probably tired of doing that right now. And he says he want to focus on, like, you know, starting a family. Yo, my guy, you want to go away for, like, four or five years? Do your thing. Because right now, Sony has two Spider-Men, almost three Spider-Men. People are clamoring for a, with, uh, for a Tobey Maguire Spider-Man 4. They are clamoring for Andrew Garfield. No, I'm, I'm, I'm so serious. No, no. Oh, They're clamoring yeah. for a- um, I cannot imagine this. No, you can do the college years with Andrew Garfield, and we can go back to him in his universe because you could easily be able to have uh, Venom. You could have Tom Hardy's Venom. You can have uh, 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 um, uh, Jared Leto's uh, Morbius, and you can have uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson's uh, Craven all work within a trilogy of films- with Andrew Garfield Spider-Man in that universe, now now learning the lessons that they got from from the MCU and the whole the deal with the MCU is like really really unique now going forward uh, because some things have kind of shifted and everything like that. Yeah, Amy Pascal like really really caring about like this and like she's doing everything they want. And they've learned. Like, they are reviving. Yes, they, what what these uh, so much. Yeah, it helped like them so much to to get the money back. It's and, a like, reset. They are getting, Exactly, and do you guys think that that, that Danny Roja, like the one from Dead Lasso at the end of, of this movie, will be like the Venom of the MCU, since like that uh, Tom Hardy's Venom was like from another universe? I don't know. No, but it doesn't I mean, make, it doesn't make any sense. Have, you still have to have Flash Thompson, right? Um, now, I mean, or, or, keep in mind, there, there's also, I mean, there's di- there's different Venoms. There's Flash Thompson. I forget the other uh, Eddie Brock. You know, was Eddie the Brock, one. Yeah, you know, yeah Eddie so Brock. The, you either have Flash Thompson or Eddie Brock. Who be able to don you know the venom and then ultimately that rejects it and then he goes like the symbiote and stuff like that. You could be able to do a couple of different things. I don't think that we're gonna make Tony Revolori into you know into venom, but if he gets himself like a super cut, I, I don't know. We're gonna see, right? Um, yeah. But like honestly, right now Sony's in such a good spot because essentially with the success of this film, it's gave it it's given a full reset, right? Yeah. That we already have across the Spider Verse that's happening and coming out next. I cannot wait. <laughs> cannot wait for that that's it's part fantastic. one it's part, part one. one part one as well correct you know yeah. um we could easily if they wanted to we can go ahead and get a live action um you know uh miles morales to be able to go ahead and start his own trilogy of films give tom a break there's so many possibilities to be able to give tom a break there's no rush the guy's still young and he's still gonna look young in five years he's still gonna look like in his early you know in his early 20s where he could be in college and stuff like that that's fine i think that the Spider-Man is probably in the best shape it's ever been franchise-wise. And of course, yo, the movie made the second biggest uh, domestic box office opening of all time. We want more Spider-Man stories. Yeah. Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, X-Men. We don't care who's any any of those. We will go see it. So you believe that we can make three different Spider-Man movies at any given time and people will still be interested in this? We just had three different Spider-Man in Batmans. one movie. Yeah, we have, like, we have three different Batmans. No, like, no. Uh, in one movie. In one movie. Okay. That's, it's a lot of Spider-Man. That's a lot of Spider-Man. I, listen, he's my favorite so, hero. I, he's my favorite hero. I'm all for it. I okay. love Spider-Man. You're um, saying that we can't have them go, we can't have them simultaneously in their own separate franchises at once? I think I think we've never seen anything like that. And I, I'd be really interested to see what that looks like. 
but okay, but keep in mind. So the DCEU is already going to be doing that with Batman, right? Like yeah, we have yeah. Michael Keaton returning. We already have our Ben Affleck, who's also returned. Like we're having. Wait, wait, wait. Ben Affleck is returning. Correct. We yeah. don't have time to talk about this. This is fine. <laughs> <Listen, I'm laughs> he's returning. Michael Keaton is returning, and we have like the listen, new. The Batman I have a couple. Uh, my goodness. Oh my god. All right. Let's let's. Uh, let's it's a beautiful let's... spring coming. Let's talk about this. Let's wait for Christian listen. Bale to come back again. So for oh uh, my god. For oh, Dark I'll tell, I will tell you right now. If there's a film that crosses Christian Bale's Batman with Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck. It's going to do better than this movie. <laughs> Nothing against no. this movie. I love this movie. But if you have three Batman in one movie working together to take down a, a cadre of his his baddies, it, it, it will break It will break movie theaters. It won't. They will it won't do, be- it it won't do better than this. I, they, they, just like, they will say, oh, they're just like imitating Marvel. But they will not True, do True, that's fine. I mean, it's whatever. I mean, they might do it. They've been imitating Marvel since... Years ago. And failing. Right, so, imitating and failing. Yeah. Shush. So, <laughs> so, there's one moment I really want to touch on before we talk about what's coming up next in this world. Um, one of the most important moments for me in this film is the redemption of Spider-Man 2, a.k.a. some would say Spider-Man 3, a.k.a. Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker rescuing MJ. As she fell, um, I do think that moment needed to be dragged out a little bit longer. I think it it it, it happens too quickly. But all that aside, it is one of the most touching moments in this film. Um, I put it above, which I'm not. Listen, it broke my heart to watch Marissa Tomei die, but I put it above that because I like it was so emotional to see him get that moment where he can possibly forgive himself moving forward. Um, it was awesome. It was an incredible moment. It was very touching. Um, she has no idea why he's so emotional after he saves her. <laughs> um, and it's great. And we know, and that's all that matters. Um, but understand, understand completely what makes it special is that we know. Outside yes, exactly. the narrative of the film... We, the general audience, know that's what makes this movie so unique is that it's a moment that you can only truly appreciate if you experienced, one, another film completely separate from this. Now, let's not mistake that for us, it is because we know. But the moment is completely earned for him. Oh, absolutely. Because it is his moment. It is his redemption. Yeah. And it's great to be able to get the pep talk that he, I know that I am raising a truly beautiful human being and a pretty dope film critic in her own right. Where my hey. daughter, I asked, I asked her, "Yo, shout out to the Mini Mac, aka Rai Rai." And I said that um, I asked her, I said, "Baby, what's your um, what's your favorite movie of like your favorite scene in this movie?" And I thought she was gonna say some of the fight scenes. I thought she was gonna say like whatever. She said that her favorite scene of the film is right before the end fight, just the dialogue scene where they're on the rooftop just giving banter. And the old Spider-Man says to the younger Spider-Man, you're amazing. You are amazing. Yeah, yeah. And it's this meta moment because yeah. we collectively believe that you know Amazing Spider-Man 2 is one of the worst films of the entirety of the franchises, which essentially almost diminishes 
his Spider-Man altogether, right? For for a lot of folks, for 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 sure. most folks, maybe maybe not us, right? Like I, I had fun with that movie, like like you know, I don't think it's a you know bad movie, but I have fun with it, right? But it's like the fact that the movie finds a way where it's aware of the joke that 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 franchise was and how it fell apart, and tries to turn it into this character moment of growth when you have this Peter who the last time that we see him, he's a he's a criminal, right? Like. He's a criminal. He he get remember. Does he not get blamed for for Gwen Stacy's death? No, he does not. Okay, no. Good. I'm glad that it did not end that way. All right. Um, like in my mind, I thought it went so much darker. I haven't watched. No, he actually. In a very, very so long time. so the, she the dies. She dies. He's depressed and he stops being Spider Man. Gotcha. And then it's like time passes without Spider Man, and then crime starts picking up, mm-hmm. and then he shows up again at the end of the film. And fight the rhino, the rhino guy. Yeah, the worst, and, the worst villain in the, the entire universe. Like, yeah, and, 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 so this, and keep in mind when when we have these Spider Mans come into our universe, we don't know where exactly in time they are. We know that Toby Spider Man is somewhere much further along in his future to Correct. where we left off with his films. It's, it's kind right, of no, unco- no, no. it's twenty five years from that film. Like it's wow, like that's crazy. I did, I, I, yeah, I, I did yeah, not catch yeah. it. I didn't fully catch it. It's in our that. life, yes. like exactly the same times for for in our universe. So like it's twenty five wow. years from okay. from that movie. Or 20, that's like, yeah, that's, inc- 20, that's crazy, yeah. man. So if that's the case, right? It, well, so is it? Would it, would it be twenty five years for? Twenty years. It'd be less. Like, it was twenty thousand three. I think is when the first one came out. Right? Well, no, so remember, remember in that in that universe, it's twenty twenty five. Five. Yes, twenty twenty four. We're in 2024. Christmas twenty twenty four. Yeah. Yes, goodness gracious. <laughs> but, I know, bro. It, it's it's like I said, it, it's crazy. But it, it can't be that same time that 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 time cross for Andrew. Could it be? Andrew was twenty fourteen, so he looks like five years after because like, sure. he yeah. said he said I lost her, like I have been like going in and out in different relationship or something. So that's why mm. like it, it sounds like uh, it's the same time as well. Okay, which is All really right. good. But still, I mean, it's just it's an amazingly earned moment because of the journey that he's went on, and then seeing his face, just like the tears start welling. He's like, he's he, he's found something that like gives him a sense of like renewed vigor to continue to persevere through that. Like Gwen is never wrong because essentially MJ was his, you know, Gwen was his MJ, right? Yeah. And he kind of got something back, and I, like, and now it just makes me so much more interested to see where he goes forward. But they Talking said like, I, I like the when they said like the oh, who are the Avengers? Like they don't know them because they did not exist <laughs> yeah. in their films. But yeah. I, when I was rewatching, I saw like um, uh, J.K. Simmons when uh, when the guy that works there, that I forgot his name, said, "Okay, we can name yes. this villain." Doctor Strange, he said, taken. It was it, or, or yes. taken. So like so, so they should know Doctor Strange. And yeah, they don't know the the entire Avengers. Okay, but like they should know Doctor 100%. Strange. Hundred percent. Um. So, question: As we talk about what happens next, and we get ready to wrap up, I have a question, which is: At the end of this film, are we still in New York? Are we still in New York? Yeah, yeah, the donut yeah, shop is in New York where she works. No, 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 no. I'm talking about after that. Because when he gets his apartment, we don't so like we don't know how much time passes from the donut shop to him getting an apartment. All we know is they're going to MIT and it starts snowing. So it's for me it's possible that he went to Boston just to be close to MIT. Make sense, yeah. Yeah. Uh but why I mean they I don't think 
if I'm if I'm interpreting the scene correctly, that's where because they they've been to that shop before, so like that's where she works. Yeah, yeah, they were in New yeah. York. Still there, oh, okay. but like the yes. apartment, there is no proof that the apartment is in New York or in uh, Boston or. Uh, I would hope it's not in Boston. I don't want. I don't care for a Spider-Man story outside of New York. I know, but then it, that's what I'm saying. Then it pushes away from MJ. I mean, so that's we're definitely fine. not and getting MJ. That's fine. Time. I mean, the thing is, MJ goes, she comes and goes, bro. She's a free spirit. She's a wild tiger. She does her own and thing. Actually, that, that <laughs> might be a great idea just like for him to start his life there because he's not a- able to join M- MIT because he doesn't have an identity, as you guys said, which All like right. I didn't think of it at that time. And uh, he might just like pursuing his like Spider-Man um, and uh, like just being a Spider-Man. No Peter Parker live for a couple of years, only as Spider-Man. And then when he starts like another relationship with Gwen Stacy, and then she dies, and then or something will happen, and then he goes back to MJ after she finished school or something. I'm done seeing Gwen Stacy die. Okay, let's or maybe move we'll on to see one division will go interest. back and reverse something, and then we'll Goodness. forget all of this, which I will hate because I I hate resetting. All right, so let's get into report cards. Go ahead and tell me. I- Tell me where this lands in your in your ranking. I'm guessing, Kobe Mac, you said this might take <laughs> this might take Endgame spot of best film. So I'm guessing this is above all of the other ones. But I'll start with you. Tell me where it lands and give me your report card. So what this is movie number twenty seven now of like that you know we every time we watch a Marvel film. We go in deep and then have to shuffle around everything of our list in regards to like the the definitive MCU ranking. And I don't have the time to do the show's ranking. Like that, that takes a lot more time and effort to try to calculate where it is based off of our report card. Um, I think really like especially after this conversation, and I love it because it, it, it allows me to kind of really reconcile with the placement of it. Um, I do not have it as the greatest comic movie of all time. I rate this movie a 10 out of 10. And it's hard because I rate Avengers Endgame a 9 out of 10. Ooh. But this is my reason why. And I will tell you, Spider-Man No Way Home is my number two ranked film out of the entire MCU. Now you're probably thinking, Kobe, you make no sense, bro. You have your number two ranked film rated higher than your number one ranked film. Why? And you also give it a perfect score. What I always say, I'm the most subjectively objective film critic in the game. Okay? My ratings, my rules. While this movie is not perfect, it was a truly perfect experience that exceeded my expectations more than I wildly could have imagined. I want to keep reliving the way that I felt. Yo, we didn't even talk about the fact that Daredevil's in this movie, bro. People lost their mind Listen, in the first that's, 15 that's, minutes. Like, that's, that's such a throwaway that I don't even throwaway? feel like Throwaway? Shush. Bro, bro, bro. I was so excited. Like, I love, it's one of my favorite shows of all time. Like, I mean, like in the comic. Because Daredevil history. sets the and, bar for Marvel and TV. And Murdoch, yeah, Matt Murdoch's performance. Like, I mean, Charlie Cox's performance was amazing. The amount, like the villains, like the excitement uh, about this, like was like, yeah, it was really good. Like I started like applauding in there. Like while this is my first movie that I did not cry, and my first MCU Wait, movie that I you never didn't cried. Cry? 
Bro, I cried like three I had, times in this movie. I cry in every movie, even if it's not Marvel. But like, I had like some in like kind of something that prevented me from crying. Uh, I think when I watch it the second time, I will definitely cry because I went back to my normal state of mind a little bit uh, more than That's that fair. time. So yeah, so yeah, this is number two out of uh, out of twenty seven films, and just like this movie had no business being that good. Yeah, you could say this movie has no business being my number two, but it's my number two. Shama. I did not rank it yet in the MCU. I, I didn't rank it. Listen, I didn't ask for the MCU. It's within Spider-Man. Kobe answered the question by answering his question. But <laughs> where does it land among Spider-Man films? Oh, it's number one out of all the Spider-Man, which yes, is crazy. Keep in mind, already, because I bumped it ahead of Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. And that's big for me because that is a true 10 out of 10 GOAT movie, right? But the live action and the stakes because of that, it it, it I, that's why I put it as number one. Okay, fair. I, uh, it's my number one. My number it's one. Your number this, one. My number one Spider Man movie. This one. Yeah. Interesting. As a comic, yeah. as a comic book like film, like I think it it fulfills everything a comic book film should be. Yes. As a as a standard film, it might not differ, but like I, uh, yeah, like even I didn't see it the second time yet. Even like I did not react that much in the first time emotionally, but I still believe it's f- so fulfilling. It's like compelling and like getting everything like a comic book fan sh- is looking for. While the movie itself serviced more of fans, but I still like think yeah, it's my. Um, it's my number one out of all the the Spider-Man movies. And your ranking? Poor card. It's a 7.5. As a filmmaker. Like my ranking here is like in, in filmmaking. It's not like my favoritism like uh, of that. Like my, my number one as a as a favorite, yes. But like my ranking here is like what well, the way M Report ranks. My answer would have been different before I rewatched all the old films. But I just finished rewatching all of them. So this one lands at my number two after Homecoming. Homecoming is a nearly perfect superhero film for me. Um, My report card for this is an eight out of ten. And Homecoming, I mean, Homecoming is just, again, like I said, nearly perfect. Um, But yeah, it jumps ahead of the other ones for me. And so our cumulative report card today is an 8.5. And that is it for our episode today on Spider-Man No Way Home. I uh, hope you all enjoyed it. Make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And you know, apparently you can leave reviews on Spotify now. Uh, I don't know how to do it. <laughs> Shama, have you learned how to do this? It's the same way. You just like uh, read the stars, like there are five stars. Listen, I, try, the star and I, try, then you write. I tried to find that. Maybe I need to update my Spotify app. Hey, guys, Maybe. if you don't yeah. see how to rate on Spotify, <laughs> maybe update your app. But uh, <laughs> And on Amazon no. Music and on, on Audible, you can still uh, rate it, rate and review. Hey, rate us wherever you listen to us, as long as it's in one of these four that Shama just mentioned. Uh, but yeah, hey, it takes 10 seconds. Leave us a review. We would greatly appreciate it. It helps people find us. Uh, so yeah, uh, folks, team, where can the peeps find you? 
Yo, you can follow your boy. I'm on all the socials at Colby Told Me. That's K-O-L-B-Y-T-O-L-D-Me. And you can find my full written review. Yeah, I'm doing those again. Uh, on the website at mreportpod.com. So when they ask you where you heard it from, you can tell them Colby Told Me. And I'm still on Earth uh, 616. And you can find me at uh, Mohamed Chama on Twitter. And you can find me at the Raul Nevado. You can find us at M Report Pod on Twitter, on Instagram. Keep up with all our uh, our ramblings and nonsense on there. Also, check us check the website out. Like Colby Max said, make sure you check out his written review for that. Uh, it is a dope review. Make sure you check out my uh, incredibly divisive, as I've heard people say, uh, review for West Side Story. You can go check out that out on mreportpod.com. So uh, yeah, check us out. But hey, till next time, be a part of the show. If you have a report, let us know. This is yours. Minorities Report. Peace.